Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about toxic workplaces. I was thinking about what we could talk about for the next episode and being that it's a long weekend and everybody will be coming back from work next week when this podcast is up, I was thinking that I know there was a time in my life where I counted down to every weekend and I counted down to every long weekend and having to drag myself back to work after a long weekend was really painful. And I talked to folks all the time that dread going to work. And there's different reasons why we dread going to work, right? We either dread going to work because we don't like our job and are looking to find something else. Maybe it's not challenging for us, or maybe we don't feel like we have room to grow, whatever it may be if we just don't like the actual job. But then there's other folks out there that dread going to work because of something going on at the office. And I want to break this down into two, two ways to look at it. Because I think that, at least in my experience, and, and like I said, folks that I've been talking to, you can have a toxic workplace for a variety of different reasons. But basically, it either breaks down to the fact there is a person at your job that is making your job unhealthy for you, or the entire organization is just toxic. Perhaps it's morale, perhaps it's policies, perhaps it's work ethic, whatever it may be. There, that's kind of the two ways I break it down. So I think for starters, let's talk about a person. Perhaps you work somewhere where there is one person at work who is making your life absolutely miserable. And I think about this kind of like kids in school with bullies and you dread going to school. They're going to take your lunch money or they're going to tease you or they're going to get other friends to laugh at you or whatever it may be. And it just makes life absolutely miserable. Perhaps there's somebody at your office that is like this. It can be a whole list of different things that they do to you. Maybe they are taking credit for work that you do. Maybe they're just plain nasty. Maybe they imply that you're not doing your job. Perhaps it's sexual harassment There are so many different ways people can make our lives uncomfortable. And at work, when we have to go to work and we have to do our job and we need our paycheck, it makes it really difficult. It puts us in a situation where what do we do, right? Perhaps you have talked to this person and they are completely unwilling to come to the table and make some kind of adjustment to their behavior, The first thing I'll ask you is to think about what is going on with this person and is it possible that whatever's going on with them is being exacerbated by something that you are doing. So what I'm saying is let's look internal first. Let's look at our own behavior. Is there something that you could be doing or not doing that is causing this person to be the way they are with you? 
And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm simply saying that's the most controllable point you have. You can control your own behavior. It's very difficult to modify others, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the easiest way to solve this problem is if it was you doing something that you could adjust, if that's even possible. Okay, so think about what's going on with this person, when it started, how long it's going, if there's any way that you could be the catalyst in that situation. And if it is, if it's something that you can adjust, then perhaps make some adjustments. Perhaps see if there's ways you can adjust your behavior so that they won't be feeding off or reacting or whatever it is that they're doing based on your behavior. Because again, that's your simplest solution because it's something you can take care of. You do it on your own timeline. When you're ready to fix it, you fix it. Obviously, that would be the simple fix. Most likely, it has nothing to do with you. Many folks get angry and grumpy. We learned this all growing up, right? Bullies aren't really bullies because of your behavior. Typically, bullies are bullies because of something going on in their life. And grown-ups are the same. So... The first recommendation I would have for you is to try and talk to this person. See if you can't set a meeting with them and be constructive about it. Go prepared, talk to them, say, look, I'm really uncomfortable with what's going on here. If you think that there's a potential for it to get ugly or increase in in frequency or in meanness or whatever it is that's going on, perhaps you arrange to have someone from HR there or someone from your leadership chain there if it's very serious. If it's just a matter of they're stealing your work or maybe they're just really inappropriate, maybe they just say a lot of things that make you feel uncomfortable, sit down with them and explain to them how you feel. Be honest and just try to make sure that as you're describing to them what is going on with you, use I. When we use the word I or I feel, it makes it very difficult for people to argue with us. They may not agree with it, but they really can't argue with how you feel because those are your feelings and they cannot tell you how to feel. So if you try to focus on I statements and how you're feeling when you're talking to this person, not only will they have less reason to argue with you because it's how you feel, it will also help them feel a little less on the spot. People can easily get defensive when we're saying you, 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 and that will start the tone of the conversation off so that they need to be in the defensive. You're on the offense, they're on the defense instead of coming to the table on a neutral playing field. So try to talk to them about how you're feeling. If there's something that you think perhaps you could be doing differently or that you would be willing to do differently, offer that up. You know, hey, I I feel uncomfortable when you're doing A, B, and C. Perhaps it's something I'm doing that's causing this behavior. If you could let me know, I would be glad to try and adjust it. If there's something I'm not doing or something I'm doing, perhaps it's about work performance. Maybe they could clarify what their needs, expectations, wants are so that you can be better informed about what's going on. This all presumes that it's something very simple, right? That's just a personality thing. Maybe they don't like the way you wear your hair. Maybe they don't like that you're here and you're doing a really good job and they're struggling at something that they're doing. Perhaps it has absolutely nothing to do with work and they're getting divorced or their kids failing out of school or their dog died. You never know where it's coming from. 
and why it's manifesting itself as a personal attack on you. So be sensitive to that. That would be a great scenario again. You go, you sit down, you talk to them. They say, hey, you know, this is what's going on with me. I don't like how you do this. It feels like you're always taking charge. It feels like you are always trying to show off. Whatever it may be. Take their information. Try to just take it in. Try not to argue with them about that unless they are really picking on something that you are sure you're not doing. But try to just take it all in and listen to what they have to say, internalize it, and let them know at the end of your conversation, you know, I appreciate you sitting down with me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your feedback. The things that we talked about, I will see what I can do from my side to improve my behavior or make the adjustments that we talked about. I would appreciate you as well. Thanks again for your time. And go on about your business and see what happens. Obviously, if there are changes that you need to make, changes that you're willing to make, or whatever it may be, try to implement those as soon as possible because I would assume that you're hoping that they will change their behavior as soon as possible as well. Now, again, that presumes the conversation goes well. If the conversation does not go well, your next step is to talk to your boss or talk to HR if they were not in the meeting. Perhaps this person is just not interested in working well with you for whatever reason. Perhaps they won't sit down and talk to you. Perhaps they talked to you for a minute and then said, the heck with this, I'm out of here. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Okay. Go to your boss, go to your HR and let them know that something's going on, that you're uncomfortable, that you are having a hard time being effective at your position because of the way things are going with this colleague or coworker, and offer up some recommendations of how you think things could improve. If there are things that you could be doing differently, offer those up. Perhaps you could adjust your time that you're at the office so that you're not in the same uh, time frame every day with them. Perhaps you might Cover alternate meetings if there, there's a way that you can do that. Any recommendations you can offer to management to help them solve this problem is going to put you in a better footing with your leadership, right? Because you're not just going to them complaining about this coworker who's always picking on you, is always mean to you, that type of thing. You're not coming to them to whine and moan and groan. You're coming to them to alert them to a fact that the efficiency and productivity of this program or this project or this team or this organization is at risk because of interactions that you're having with a colleague. And you wanted to A, let them know that this is going on, B, that you tried to meet with this person to talk to it and settle it on your own and they were unwilling, unable, whatever it may be, and C, that you have given this some serious thought and you're offering up some possible solutions or at least improvements to the situation should they be supportive and perhaps they can provide other ideas. Maybe they are seeing something from above that you don't see. Maybe they know something about this employee that you don't know and they might be able to offer you some insight. Perhaps they can adjust the work schedules, adjust the the workload and the project assignments, something along those lines. Regardless of how the discussion comes about and how you prepare for it. The most important thing you need to remember when you go in there is that supervisors spend a huge amount of time 
listening to people bitch. Hours and hours and hours of their week is spent listening to people complain. Complain about their workloads. Complain about their coworkers. Complain about their hours. Complain, complain. Okay? So the more you can make this meeting be under the guise of presenting them with a challenge that you are already working on to solve the better off you'll be because you won't just be one of those squeaky wheels that they need to figure out how they're going to oil, okay? And again, if your supervisor is not willing and interested in in taking this seriously and, and helping you out, then you do need to go to HR and talk to HR. And again, you want to go in an order here, right? You don't want to jump anybody's head. You want to make sure that you're trying to do what you can to solve this problem on your own without just going and complaining. If the situation continues and you're unable to get a solution through your leadership chain or through HR, perhaps they're not seeing the same problem you are. Perhaps they don't see it as a problem and it's really affecting you. You're really having a hard time at work. You're dreading going in there. Your productivity, emotionally, your health, whatever it may be is really being affected. Then perhaps it's time to think a little bit bigger. Maybe you need to ask if you can change projects. Perhaps you need to change departments. Perhaps you need to look at other job opportunities. Obviously, Hopefully it wouldn't get to this point. Hopefully you are able to correct this situation with this person so that there's some kind of equal playing ground that you guys can be on so that you're not going to be so miserable and dreading to go to work every day. But once it gets to the point where you are being affected physically and emotionally and it's just taking its toll, then Perhaps you need to think about the costs of the stress that you're having at work because stress is a real thing and it always fills up and spills over at some point. We can all take so much stress before it gets to the point where it starts spilling out in other places. You know, you come home from work, you've had a really hard day, you're screaming at your kids, you're screaming at your wife, you're kicking your dog, whatever it is, right? You're driving to and from the office and you've got road rage. You are feeling that your blood pressure is going up. You're eating everything in sight. You are drinking too much. So many different ways it manifests itself, and it's really not worth it, folks. If you can find other ways to do your job and avoid the stress, that's always best. Obviously, it's much easier said than done. I hate my job. I work with this jerk. I'm going to go and find a new job next week. I understand that's not that's not reality and it certainly takes time but you do get to a point where you have to look at the physical toll and the extras that it is really impacting aside from just your work and you have to weigh whether or not it's worth it and if it might be more healthy for you to look at something else. Now that's all for one person and frankly I think that When I was thinking about my notes for this episode, I was trying to decide if I thought that a toxic person was worse or easier to deal with than a toxic organization. And I don't know if one's worse or better than the other. I'm inclined to say that they both have their challenges, and depending on the factors that feed into it, it, they really can be 
equally stressful. Obviously, if you have a problem with one person and you can fix it, then that's great. That's the best case scenario. With a toxic organization or toxic team, maybe your program office, there's just bad things going on. That one's a lot harder to manage, I think. But I also think that perhaps it's less common. So maybe working, maybe that's where it is, is there's a lot more toxic people out there that we need to develop boundaries and talk to them and and teach them how to treat us properly than there are toxic organizations. I had the pleasure of working in a toxic organization once, and I, I say that tongue in cheek, it was a really good organization, but it was sick. The group that I was working with, they were it, they were sick. And I say that in 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 thinking about it like an organism. Everybody should be working together cohesively, and there's going to be good days and bad days. But the organism was sick. It was ill, and it needed to be dealt with. And leadership was not dealing with it. Eventually, it got to such a state that. They weren't able to ignore it anymore, but it did take a long time and it took a lot of people going to leadership saying, we have a problem here. We have a problem because we are not functioning the way we should be functioning because there are a lot of internal issues. We've got some folks in positions they shouldn't be in. We've got other folks taking work from, from, from other people. We've got leadership being very confusing about the messaging that they're sending to the employees so no one knows who's in charge. We're not sure if we're supposed to ask permission for certain things or not ask permission for other things. The boundaries were all a mess. The leadership chain was very confusing. There was no clear communication and the worker bee level folks really struggled with it because morale continued to decline because no one knew what the left hand or the right hand was doing. You didn't know if you were going to get in trouble for something. It sometimes depended on who you were, where you were, what you were doing, and the mood of the supervisor that week. Okay, That makes for a very difficult situation every day when you go to work. And it's very hard to know what's going on if you can't get clear direction and then you dread going to work. You can't really talk to your coworkers because everybody is feeling the pressure. Perhaps if you get together, it's just to commiserate and complain and talk about other people in a negative way, which only snowballs and causes more and more problems. Okay. So in that situation, when you've got a team, and and this is just my experience, I'm sure there's other reference points out there that could be much more extreme or not quite as extreme, but regardless, when a team or an organization is not functioning like a team, it causes problems. It causes problems to your productivity. It causes problems to employee retention. Morale, as I mentioned, goes down. And one of the, the worst things is that the worst the work product really starts to suffer. The, the deliverables and the outputs that your team is putting out can become compromised. And there are a lot of ways that this can really negatively impact organizations on the long term, reputation, uh, security, whatever it may be. So the first step in this, I think, is again, to talk to your supervisor. Go to your supervisor, let them know how you're feeling. Perhaps you take a couple of your coworkers with you and let the supervisor know that you're all feeling the same thing. Be constructive. Go again with 
The same thing if it was one employee as opposed to the organization. Do not go to your supervisor to whine and moan and bitch. Go and say, we're observing these things. We're feeling these things. We're wondering if we could offer some solutions to help improve this. We would like to talk about some conflict resolution training. Perhaps we could do some coaching. Perhaps we could do a team building event. Perhaps we could get a program plan. Perhaps we could get some office rules, whatever it may be. Offer some kind of constructive solution so that your supervisor has the opportunity in a way to look like the superhero, right? Because you've come to them, you've said morale is down, no one knows what the left hand or the right hand are doing. We're all miserable. You've got to know it. We need to figure out a way to improve upon it. We were thinking that you could ask us to do A, B, and C, or we were thinking that we could arrange X, Y, and Z, and then leave it with them, let them think about it, unless they instantly tell you, oh yes, that's a great idea, let's set that up, that would be awesome. But if they need to sit with it for a bit and take a, a listen, because supervisors are human, right? And if something's going on with their team and their team comes to them and tells them that something is wrong, instantly, most people will internalize that and think, oh, they're accusing me of messing this up. I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good supervisor. They're coming to tell me that I'm doing something wrong. And that's not what it is, right? You want to be very clear that this is how you are all feeling during the day to day. And perhaps they may not be aware of this is what's going on, but we'd like to do whatever it is we'd like to do and let them know your ideas and then let them know that You'll leave them with their thoughts and you'd love to hear what their feedback is. Perhaps they're in their vision, they're seeing that you guys are not doing something you should be doing and or doing too much or, or misunderstanding their rules. Perhaps they feel that they are being very clear in their expression of what the boundaries are, what the expectations are, what the rules are, what they're looking for for you. Perhaps they, they don't understand why you're saying to them, no one knows what's going on. On one day you're happy, the next day you're not. We're not sure if we're doing what we're doing. They may not see that, right? So again, as you go through everything with them, try to bear that in mind that even though they're the boss, they're just a person too. And if you go at this too much like you, 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 then they're going to get into a place of defensiveness and it's not going to do anybody any good, and it may cause some problems with the supervisor, with the folks that are in there, okay? And I don't say that to scare you off from going to talk to your supervisor, because if there's a problem, you definitely should. It's just a matter of how you couch the conversation so that it is constructive and you get the most out of it that you can. There is the chance that your supervisor, like I said, is going to tell you, you guys, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Morale is fine. i I'm getting perfectly good products from you guys, and we don't need team building. We don't need coaching. Conflict resolution for what? Okay. I would argue that if you and several of your coworkers are all feeling the same way, the supervisor is either in denial or they're just plain not paying attention. And I, I would hesitate until you get to that point to go over their head. But if this is a problem and your whole team is feeling it and morale is down, then you might go to their supervisor and let them know what is going on. Now, that does have some risks to it. 
because going outside the chain of command, no matter what organized you're in, is going to upset somebody. And you have to be careful about this. So you and your coworkers have to decide how you want to handle it. Now, it's very difficult to fire five people, say, for going over the boss's head, especially if your entire team goes to over the boss's head. Okay, you may feel the the pressure of that afterwards because perhaps that boss is going to get really grumpy and their boss is going to tell them, hey, you need to sort this stuff out and then they may take it out on you. So it's going to be a bit of a bumpy road, but hopefully over the long term, once they realize and see that things are better, they will appreciate it or they may not and they just never talk about it again. I would probably suggest that you don't go over the boss's head by yourself. That's just me kind of being conservative in, in, in how I handle things. I think that that puts you way out on a limb. And unless you have hard, concrete examples and you're sure that the boss's boss is going to be on your side, then you might not want to take that risk, especially when you need the job. It would also make me wonder why your coworkers wouldn't be interested to go to your boss's boss with you. You know, if you're all feeling the same way and they're all voicing their opinion, but they're nominating you to take the fall, that would make me wonder. So be cautious about how you approach it. But again, if you're dealing with a toxic situation where every day you're going to work and it's absolutely miserable and everybody's miserable and all they do is whine and moan and groan, and you're really struggling, I would think that at some point, depending on how long this has gone on, someone else is taking notice of it, depending on the structure of your organization. I know for our organization, there were other uh, sister programs and, and they were noticing what was going on. So especially once people start jumping ship, if you're in a situation where your program or your office or whatever is dealing with a toxic situation where morale is down and the boss is not seeing things, not making adjustments. Most of the time, people get fed up. You may not have gotten fed up yet, but other people may have gotten fed up. And if people are leaving, and that is why they're leaving, that's an even stronger indicator to your boss or your boss's boss that something isn't right here. If we've had a mad exodus in the last year and we've lost half of our team, that should be an indicator. And if your boss is not seeing that, that can be tricky, but they need to know that this is what's going on. The hardest part about that when people start to leave is then you're getting these new people that are getting trained and indoctrinated into this team that think that that is the way it is. And if you know different from before, whatever is going on is going on that can be really difficult to deal with because you know it can be better. You know it was better. You know that something went on to make things change. In my experience, it's usually a gradual change. It's not really a, a quick turnaround. Sometimes the quick turnarounds can happen, but typically, again, in my experience, they're short-lived. If there's bad morale, perhaps someone left or someone changed a policy or someone implemented a new rule or a new schedule, whatever it is. Typically, if it's something like that, then it's, it's short-lived. But for the, the larger, broader, toxic environment, bad morale, those kinds of things where people are starting to leave because of it, that takes time to happen. That's kind of an erosion of how your office operates. And it could be with 
different people coming in, instituting new policies, and as the employees are seeing how these policies play out and how they interact with their day-to-day and how they impact their work or their relationships or whatever, slowly resentment, frustration, aggravation, anger, all of that grows constantly affecting one another. And again, it's an organism, right? The organism becomes sicker and sicker, and then it needs to be fixed. So as you go to work back from the holiday, and if you are dragging yourself into a situation where it's miserable, right? It's miserable, and you just have to get through the day. You know you're going to have to deal with a grouchy person or a whole bunch of grouchy people or confusing rules and regulations or unclear policies, whatever it may be. Keep in mind that this is work, right? And you do have to be there and it's just for the day. And I completely understand the dread all the way till you get there, till you get to your desk or your cubicle or whatever it may be, and you have to deal with it. But at the end of the day, you get to go home to whatever it is you have. While you're dealing with this toxic workplace, work person, try to really make the most of your time outside of the office. Try to do some fun things, get some exercise, drink lots of water, spend time with family. Try to balance out the misery and the discomfort and the frustrations that you're having in those 8, 10, 12 hours of your office time with the rest of your time. Try to get good night's sleep and don't think about it when you're out of the office if you can. Try to do things that will help balance that out because if you are counteracting all of that negativity while you're at work with as much positivity as you can on the other side, it will make dealing with whatever's going on at the office a little bit easier, right? You are feeling upbeat because you had a really good weekend, go in there and try to use that. Try to use that upbeat and positivity as you address whichever situation you've got and how you're going to address it. Because behavior is definitely contagious. If you go to the store and you're buying something and the person checking you out is absolutely grumpy and you smile at them and you tell them to have a great day and thanks so much, try to drum up a conversation, there are some that are just going to look at you like, yeah, whatever. But more often than not, that person will turn that frown upside down, as they say, and they will be a little bit more positive. And I I know how hard that is, I promise you I do, to go in and be that person who is smiling amidst all of that frustration. But the more you can cling to that as you're working through this, the better you will feel because you are harnessing all of that positivity. But I also think that the, the smoother the solution will work out for you because Again, it's really difficult to go and talk to even the grumpiest of people at work about what's going on and being positive and upbeat and friendly and cheery about it. That is infectious. So it has to at least help a little bit. As an executive coach, I like to say that I'm kind of the friendly nudge as well as the cheerleader. So I guess that's my little cheerleader speech for the moment. I hope that you are able to have a good day at work. And if there's things that are going on that are making it toxic or absolutely miserable, I hope that they're able to be resolved sooner rather than later so that you can find a way to be a little bit happier at the office each day. Have a great day.
All right. So thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.